It's that time of year. Halloween is next week, Tuesday, a week from today. And I decided to preemptively record this and just give you my thoughts on whether or not I believe Halloween is redeemable. And I'm going to do this from the perspective of someone who grew up celebrating Halloween. And as usual, this is a judgment-free zone. So I'm really excited to just share with you a few thoughts about Halloween and how our identity in Christ can help guide us in the decisions that we make about how we choose to participate or not participate on this day. Hey mama, welcome to Bold Faith in Fashion. Are you tired of feeling insecure in your skin and using clothes as a way to hide your body? Are you frustrated with the time, money, and energy you spend on clothes you never wear? Hey, I'm Ashleyana, and mama, I get your struggle. I have helped thousands of women just like you create the simple, comfortable, and yes, stylish wardrobes of their dreams without draining their energy or their bank accounts. In this podcast, I will teach you about what looks good on your body, all while filtering your beauty standards through the eyes of Jesus. If you're ready to go from stressed to get dressed to blessed to get dressed, tune in right now. I have really adorable pictures, fond memories of my sweet little princess babies. (laughs) That's what my husband and I call them, especially my older two in adorable little costumes. I remember Amara being a fairy princess and my middle daughter being a little super baby and us dressing up together as a superhero family. Just things like that that are fun, that create family ties and family connections and memories. And we did this in lieu of Halloween. Carving pumpkins and baking pumpkin seeds are things that I remember doing as a kid and not necessarily on Halloween, but kind of for fall. And these are things that are completely innocent, okay, that are wonderful types of things to do with your children. However, the actual day, October 31st, and the celebration that actually is Halloween. The question is, is it redeemable from a biblical lens, from a Christian perspective? And is it something that we as believers who are called to be a light in the world of darkness and among the darkness, is this something that we should participate in? And if so, to what degree? And if not, why not? Now, I truly believe that this is something you have to, as a family, discuss. I think specifically it needs to be discussed with you and your husband, if you're married, and the Lord, first and foremost, because your kids are not necessarily going to be on board if you are convicted not to celebrate Halloween because all their friends are doing it, peer pressure is real, the candy is super tempting, and let's be honest, dressing up, especially when you're doing it from a heart posture of having fun, is not in and of itself sin, and nor is it a bad thing. However, 
after prayer, after study, and thinking through what I may be opening the door to for my kids by participating in this particular holiday on this particular day, I personally have decided that Halloween is not redeemable. There are three things that I'm going to discuss here, and there are many things that could be packaged in why I think that Halloween is not redeemable. However, I'm just going to make three points that are just for your consideration. As another woman who loves the Lord and wants to do her best to anchor her identity in Christ and to then have that identity flow out of her in an outward way, which is what we talk about here on Bold Faith and Fashion. How can we allow that light, that spark that is inside of us, that God has given us to manifest physically outside of ourselves? So rather than talking about body image or talking about the way that we dress, which could be a topic for Halloween as well, but because I believe it's not really something that's redeemable, I'm not going to go into Halloween costumes at this point. However, if enough of you email me and request that, I totally will. (laughs) Anyhow, let's get started on these three points that I would love for you to just consider. The first point is think about the symbols that are being presented to your children as you go door to door on Halloween. So often there are witches, often there are skeletons, Often there are Ouija board decorations. Often there are figures that are being glorified from horror films that are usually serial killers. And the thing is, is Halloween symbolizes death. It symbolizes the celebration of death. And it's not, there's really not an easy way to get around that. Um, Even the cute little ghosts that look cute because they're cartoony are celebrating the demonic. It's, It's making light of demonic spirits. It's desensitizing our kids to things that are usually very tragic and really PTSD inducing. In fact, I had a conversation recently with someone very close to me who said, you know, I was thinking about the type of decor and the haunted houses, the horror films, the things that people participate in because they want to get a rise, right? That adrenaline rush from being scared or chased or feeling in danger. And she mentioned there are events happening in the world right now where that is their lives. And they do not celebrate that. There are people tormented by their children being murdered and who are tormented by war. And we have people paying to go into places to simulate that. And I just thought to myself, wow, that is exactly how I feel about horror films and haunted houses and having skeletons and witches and demonic things outside, like decorating people's homes. Now, again, if you do this, I just want you to know that I am not condemning you. I'm just pointing out that we must think 
further than the fun, deeper into the symbolism of the things that we put outside of our homes because we are sending a message as Christians as to what we think fun is. And honestly, anything that is tied to death is not fun for me. And I don't know that the Lord is thinking it is either. But of course, I am not a prophet and I am not going to pretend that I am specifically the Lord's mouthpiece right now. So I'm just telling you what my conviction is. So that's point number one. The symbolism that is presented on Halloween is just undeniably dark. Number two, the second reason that I've chosen not to participate in Halloween and that my family, my kids and I, don't participate on this day especially, is because I realize that there is some kind of spiritual darkness and power that has been really growing on this day. And here's a thought. The enemy comes in as an angel of light. He makes things seem, he's a wolf in sheep's clothing, he makes things seem like they're attractive. He starts with childhood for a lot of us. A lot of us who have gone through different traumas in our lives and have literal demons that we're battling or shackles that we are trying to remove from childhood trauma know this very well. And Halloween is a way to do it subtly, is a way to introduce children to the demonic in a subtle, friendly way. Because again, they're being being introduced to all these symbols and we're not paying attention to it generally as parents because as Christians, we're like, ah, those things don't matter. If I don't give them power, they don't matter. And in a sense, that could be true. But what I thought about with my children was, okay, so I create these really great memories with them on Halloween and we do the trick-or-treating and we do the pumpkin carving and we have these great memories. But then, so then that establishes that celebrating Halloween is fun, okay? But then they become teenagers and all of a sudden it's not cool anymore to go trick-or-treating, but instead they're going to go over to their friends' houses and they're going to eat popcorn and they're going to watch scary movies. And maybe these scary movies are somewhat innocent. And then as they get older, the scary movies get more horrific. And then as they get older, they go to Halloween parties. And and many of us know those college parties are typically going to include costumes that are highly inappropriate or that are very demonic in the way that they're presented, very scary. There's lots of drinking. There's lots of promiscuity. So it just establishes a pattern of participating in Halloween events. And those kind of things, it's like the one thing leads to another. And look, I know some of you are thinking, hey, I celebrated Halloween as a kid and I went to Halloween parties in college and I didn't really do anything like that. I'm not saying that this is going to happen to every kid, not by any means. In fact, I'm a prime example of somebody who celebrated Halloween as a kid. I never really enjoyed the ambiance, the vibe of Halloween, and I never enjoyed haunted houses. It was not a temptation for me, honestly, to participate in that type of a thing. I never drank a ton in college either. Like I just happened to not be tempted by those types of behaviors. However, I know people who are, who were, And I'm not blaming exclusively participating in Halloween 
as the reason why. There are lots of reasons why kids will tend to gravitate toward those types of behaviors, okay? And a lot of times it does have to do with trauma or it could just be rebellion, you know, that can happen. However, what I'm stating is consider that this particular holiday is actually meant to be one that introduces our children to things that are of the enemy, including the occult practices like witchcraft, including demonic possession through ghosts and haunted houses and death and murder because of all of the grave sites and skeletons and pictures of serial killers from movies. Just consider that this is supposed to be a light introduction and that maybe we could as believers say, you know what? This is not for us. We will not participate on this day in any way. 1 Corinthians 10.21 says, you cannot drink of the cup of the Lord and of the cup of demons. 1 John 1.5 says, this is the message we have heard from him proclaimed to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. The thing is, Halloween is not about light. It's about the darkness. And if we really take the time to pray about that, you probably will find that that really is true. Which leads me into my third thought, my third point. And that is, as Christians, this is a day that... The communities do come to our doors. They literally come to us. There is an opportunity here to be a light. I think about how Paul went to the city of Athens and he found that this city was full of idols and temples to pagan gods. And in the midst of all of that, He directs them from what they had labeled as the unknown God and then points them to the true God, which is Yahweh. This is in Acts 17, and it starts in verse 16. Now, while Paul was waiting for them at Athens, his spirit was provoked within him as he saw the city was full of idols. So he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and the devout persons and in the marketplace every day with those who happened to be there. Some of the Epicurean and Stoic philosophers also conversed with him. And some said, what does this babbler wish to say? Others said, he seems to be a preacher of foreign divinities because he was preaching Jesus and the resurrection. And they took him and brought him to the Areopagus saying, may we know what this new teaching is that you are presenting? For you bring some strange things to our ears. We wish to know therefore what these things mean. Verse 22, so Paul standing in the midst of the Areopagus said, men of Athens, I perceive that in every way you are very religious. For as I passed along and observed the objects of your worship, I found also an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you, the God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, 
does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. And he made from one man of every nation to live on the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each of us, for in him we live and move and have our being. And even some of your own poets have said, for we are indeed his offspring. Being then God's offspring, we ought not to think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art and imagination of man. The times of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And of this, he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. Now, when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked, but others said, we will hear you again about this. So Paul went out from their midst. But some men joined him and believed, among whom were also Dionysus and Aeropagite and a woman named Demarius and others with them. That was long but necessary because here's the thing. If we are going to argue as Christians that we want to take this as an opportunity to be the light in the world, I am a hundred percent for that because Paul demonstrates perfectly how you go literally into the center of a place that is full of pagan worship and idols and ideals and how you share the gospel. That is how you are a light in this world on any day, all day, every day, but especially in the midst of darkness. So what I challenge you to think about is how are you spreading the gospel if you are going to participate in this day. We cannot as Christians look like the world and dress up and do the trick-or-treating and do all the things that everyone's doing, but then do it in a do it in a, a more kid-friendly way or a less scary way and expect people to come to know the Lord. We can't. And it's so funny because as I'm saying this, I am so convicted in my own heart. So I'm not really knowing if I'm speaking to you necessarily as much as I'm speaking to myself because one thing is I've pulled back from this day 100%. Like I just don't want it. But now as I've been thinking about it, I do hear God saying to me, this is a day that can be redeemed but not through the ways that we are currently doing it. It can be redeemed because it's his day to begin with by spreading the gospel. So if we can, as Christians, find a way to invite people in on this day since they're already coming to us, and share the good news of Jesus Christ. I'm not just talking about throwing a Bible track in their bags. Like we have to think of, some, not that that is bad. Look, I think that there's some value in putting scripture with a candy bar or something like that. I think there's value in it. So please don't take it that way. But I mean, how do we really, really share the gospel with people coming to our door? 
unfortunately at this time because this is like a, again these kind of things I swear the Lord is using to convict me more than to convict you it's just kind of like you're joining me on these journeys on these faith-filled Tuesdays <laughs> to just see how God is moving me and I just hope that it plants seeds for you as well but as a community I'm gonna think about this how can we do that um, one friend did say to me I thought this was brilliant that what if you set up, especially like through a church, right? So it's not just you by yourself, although please feel free, like a neighborhood gathering after Halloween where people came to your house, you gave them, you know, something for a treat if you wanted to, and you had an invite to an event where you could share the gospel, where you could say as each person came to your door, God bless you and keep you and may his face shine upon you that's what i'm talking about and it's definitely something that i'm going to think about myself as well and how i can be a light and share the gospel so really the question is halloween redeemable halloween itself is not redeemable it's just not halloween is darkness but October 31st is absolutely redeemable. We can be a light by figuring out how we can be like Paul and how we can share the gospel of Jesus on a day that is filled with darkness. That is how we do it. And I'm going to be really bold. This is bold faith and fashion and say that's the only way is if we can figure out how to, on this day when people are coming to us, how we can attract them directly to the gospel of Jesus. Not just by being kind, not just by dressing up in something that's not scary. We have to do more. Heavenly Father, I am so convicted right now. I do. I feel like I, feel like I could just cry because I'm thinking to myself as you've worked through me today, how you have walked with me, you have stepped me back from this holiday, and how you are calling me to step back into the day. And of course, this is something that we need to do every day, right? Like we need to find opportunities to share the gospel with as many people as we can, especially as we're led by your Holy Spirit. So Lord, I just pray that you would help every woman listening to this not feel any condemnation. Condemnation comes from the enemy. That is not of you. But I hope that each woman listening today feels conviction about spreading the gospel, about opening their hearts and sharing their testimonies about your goodness and how you've overcome death because really that is what we are called to do every single day. There are no breaks from sharing the gospel. And Lord, I just pray that you would continue to give me more boldness because sometimes I'm afraid and sometimes I don't share. And I know that it's not something that is supposed to be just on blast for every single second, every single moment, but I know that your Holy Spirit will move me and sometimes I don't obey. So Lord, I confess and I apologize and, and repent for my disobedience sometimes not to open my mouth. And Lord, I just ask that you would help me and the women listening to be really open to transforming 
how we approach this day of October 31st and how we can really change what the enemy has intended for evil and use it as an opportunity for your glory, our good, and to share the gospel. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, Mama. Thanks for listening today. Before you pop off, consider joining my free Facebook group, Bold Faith in Fashion. Here is where you'll have access to exclusive content, visual how-tos, and weekly live feedback on your style journey from me. One last thing. If this podcast has empowered you to put an outfit together and shine a little brighter for Jesus, would you consider leaving a written review on Apple Podcasts to let me know? I'd love to hear from you and would be so encouraged to know how this podcast has positively impacted you. XO, your closet BFF.